Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I've found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. Today I'm looking at a chapter on the practice of having a clergy and laity in the church. I commenced this last week and will complete it this week as there was too much to put into a single podcast. So this is part two. So let me continue reading and I hope you find something of value in the insights that the Lord has given to me. Last time I spoke about the fact that there is a clergy and a laity. Today I want to look at the reason why there is a clergy and a laity in the church and how this has come about. And I want to look at Bible schools, colleges and universities. Now, as to the ordination of priests, ministers, pastors and such, it is clear that men should not appoint people into these roles. They are gifts of God given to the church for the purpose of building the church, as I discuss later in another part of this book, in part four of this book. However, there are more and more schools being established today to train and ordain ministers in the churches. They may be called theological universities, Bible schools, colleges of doctrine or divinity or whatever. But their primary purpose is to train people in the doctrines of that specific church to ordain them as ministers of that particular church. And therein lies the problem. Men or women teach others the doctrines of their particular brand of Christianity so that they can go out into the world and lead a church. Too often, the false teachings that have infiltrated their way into the church over the last 2,000 years are perpetuated by these schools who imprint them into the minds of their students who then force them onto the congregations that they later lead. To be a minister in many of these modern churches, you must first have a certificate, a diploma or a degree that says that you have met the requirements of that particular church before you can preach and teach in that church. But unfortunately, the schools perpetrate and replicate the lies that have infiltrated the church over the last two millennia, because if the student disagrees with what is being taught, they fail the course and will not be ordained. This puts pressure on the students to toe the doctrinal line and not deviate, even if they find something is amiss. But this was not the way the early church operated because Christ himself taught the disciples. This is how people are still meant to be taught today. For it was prophesied and reiterated by Jesus that we should be taught by God, not man. As it says, It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. John chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus, who is the Son of God, taught the first disciples, and so God taught them. After Jesus died, he sent the Holy Spirit to teach and guide the people of the Lord into all the truth. And Jesus made this quite clear when he said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15. It is the Holy Spirit who now teaches the people of the Lord by taking the words of God and Jesus Christ and expounding them to the people of the Lord. 
And we do not need to worry about false doctrine when the Lord and the Holy Spirit teach us because the Holy Spirit speaks only the truth. Also, because we are being taught by the Holy Spirit who takes the words of Jesus and the Father, we are actually being taught by God. Not that the Spirit is God, but he teaches us under the authority of God. Man, on the other hand, can be and has been deceived by the devil. And as such, many of the teachings in the modern church are laced with falsehoods and lies. A large part of this problem occurs because men ordain other men to be teachers rather than allowing God to give the gifts of teaching, preaching and pastoral work to the people that he selects. Until we learn that we are not being taught by man but by God, this situation will not change. Instead, what we find is that congregations are looking to men who have a certification with diplomas, degrees and certificates from Bible schools, colleges or universities and are ordained by those institutions rather than being appointed by God through the giving of his gifts. This is nothing new, for even Paul had a similar issue in the early Gentile churches. He says, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on your hearts, to be known and read by all men. And you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-3 to What is a degree, diploma, or certificate from a Bible school, or from a college or a university, but a letter of recommendation? It is a man-made certification indicating that the person holding it has achieved a level of competency as judged by the issuing school to do a particular job. But Paul shows that he did not need a letter of recommendation. Paul had been trained by Christ to do the work to which he was called. His letter of recommendation was not something written on ink on paper, but it was written on the hearts and minds of the people of the Lord by the Holy Spirit. The challenge that Paul faced with these people and their letters of recommendation was that they were not preaching the truth. Later in his letter to the Corinthians, we see Paul call these preachers so-called superlative apostles. This suggests either that they or others were holding them out to be something better and greater than others. Paul's complaint with them was they were distorting the truth and teaching false doctrines. And he says, But I am afraid that as the serpent deserved Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and preaches another Jesus than the one we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you submit to it readily enough. I think that I am not in the least inferior to these superlative apostles. Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not in knowledge. In every way we have made this plain to you in all things. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3-6 to these so-called superlative apostles were preaching a different gospel to the one delivered by Paul and representing a different Christ than Jesus. They were teaching falsehoods and lies, and Paul's concern was that the people were submitting to these superlative apostles because they were charismatic speakers who held letters of recommendation and could wield words that enticed the listeners to accept what was false. 
Paul says of himself that he may not have been the most charismatic speaker, but he was strong in the knowledge of the truth of the new covenant. Christ had appointed him to do this work of preaching, teaching and explaining the intricacies of the new covenant so the early churches could understand. And Paul put these doctrines in writing so that we could learn it today. Those superlative apostles were not ordained by God, but by other men who wrote their letters of recommendation. That is no different to those who seek a letter of recommendation in the form of a degree, diploma or certificate from a Bible college or a school or a university. People who require these certificates from human institutions receive the teachings of what is acceptable to that institution or church, and this is not necessarily the truth of the gospel, but rather the doctrines of man. All of this is done for the purpose of training a clergy to sit above the congregation of a church. It is a process by which the church holds power over people and it does not promote equality among the brethren. The church is meant to be a brotherhood of equals. There was never intended to be a ruling clergy sitting above a laity, and this is clearly discouraged in the scriptures by both Paul and, more importantly, by Christ Jesus. As Paul clearly showed in his letter to Timothy, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Pastors, priests, bishops, and so on, cannot stand in the place of Christ, who is the single and only mediator between man and God. If they do, then we have the issue of a potential antichrist structure, as I have discussed earlier in this podcast, in earlier podcasts. The work of the church is shared among the church according to the giving of the gifts of ministry by the Lord, as discussed in part four of the book. The church affairs are governed by a group of co-equal elders as discussed in the fifth chapter of this book, which I've spoken about in the past. But whether a person is an elder or has one of the various ministry gifts, they are no greater or lesser than anyone else. They are all brothers and sisters in the Lord and are equal to one another in Christ, as the scripture says. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 and 28. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ and are all one in him. There are no distinctions and there should not be a clergy and a laity in the true church of the Lord. So that's all that I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you will join me again next week as I continue looking at the words of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free book titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. (laughs) 